Welcome back, everybody, to No Degree Necessary. I'm Griffin Foster. What it do, baby? I'm Max Vukovic. This is our 68th episode, and the NFL regular season has finally ended, and it uh, ended on a good note for you, Max. That 49ers Seahawks game was uh, a good one for you, I know. So let's just dive right into it and talk recap for that. So what did you think of that game? Well, I'm just happy that I made it out of that game alive because there were certain points in the fourth quarter where I didn't think I was going to make it through. I really didn't because it just felt inevitable that that game was going to end the way it did. And last week on the episode, I told you, Griffin, think of a scenario that would rip my heart out in the most vicious way possible. And it almost happened. We were about half a centimeter away from the 49ers being on the road against the Eagles this weekend. Mm. And I really just don't understand how the 49ers continue to play games like this because it's now been five straight games where it's come down to the very last play of the game. So it's almost like they're trying to make me die this year, which I'm okay with as long as we keep winning. But they're really pushing me to the brink. And um, this game was just... Absolutely crazy. It was a roller coaster of emotions. The game started, and really the entire game, it didn't feel like Seattle's defense could stop the 49ers. Because if you just want to like look at their drives, they didn't have the ball a ton, but they scored points on four of their six drives. And one of them, excluding the one at the end where they like took a knee, but like the one drive that was stalled, was a, a three and out to start the second half. And then at the very end, right before they punted back to Seattle for that potential game-winning drive, there was a pretty questionable personal foul call on Ben Garland down the field where I really didn't think that it was a penalty because he couldn't hear what was happening. So he didn't know that the play was done. For all he knew, Debo Samuel was running down the sideline for a touchdown. So that penalty stalled their drive. And other than that, it really just felt like the Niners were going to score every time they had the ball. And in the first half, we saw the 49ers defense really inflict their will on Seattle. But the second half was really like a complete shift because Russell Wilson methodically took his team down the field every single drive. Um, They had a seven-minute drive. They had an eight-minute-and-a-half drive um, where it really felt like they were almost trying to have longer drives because they knew their defense couldn't stop them. So in order to keep it close, Russell Wilson was just trying to methodically move down the field. And that last drive at the very end of the game was 15 plays. And the 49ers stopped them eight times within the 12-yard line. Eight times. Like, that was incredible. Like, I wish I wasn't a fan of one of these two teams, and I really could have appreciated how great of a game this was because we talked about the Saints-49ers game potentially being the game of the year. I think this was probably the game of the year because it had a lot more defense than that Saints game did. It came down to a defensive play, and Seattle had to make a stop to get the ball back in the first place. So I love these kind of games that are kind of like back and forth where it has both offense and defense making big plays. And I felt like this is what it had. And for this game, which is probably one of, if not the biggest regular season game in the history of the NFL, given like the playoff implications of it, because the 49ers go from a team that could lose in the first round of the wild card because they have to play three straight road games to make the Super Bowl, to a team that is the favorite right now to get out of the NFC, all based off of one play essentially, and one centimeter of Hollister being tackled short by my guy, Dre Greenlaw. So he's going to live in Niners history, basically, for the rest of his life. And if we win the Super Bowl, that might be one of the greatest plays in franchise history. Yeah, this was another great game for the 49ers. They've been involved in a lot of moment. It was looking your way to start the game. I really thought you guys dominated especially on that defensive side. Like you mentioned, they were getting to Russ uh, the whole game on that, on that line, and it, it wasn't looking too good, but credit to them for bouncing back in the second half and uh, putting a good game together. And really the, the highlight of this game came down to the, those last couple plays where there was a lot of stuff that happened. 
Um, so first of all, the the fourth down conversion where they got it to the one yard line, and they had one of their guys injured, so like he was trying to hobble in, and they ended up getting a delay a game uh, from the one yard line, which is insane, and and obviously it it had huge implications because they're they're not really able to run the ball there anymore with Marshawn Lynch or, or whoever it may be. So, do you think they would have got it? I think I don't I mean I don't know, but I I think they might have. It's it's Marshawn Lynch and he he actually I'm 100% confident Marshawn Lynch would have made it. Yeah, and we saw a play that was essentially the same thing. Marshawn Lynch just dove over everyone um earlier in the game. So, who knows? We don't know. It didn't happen, but the the chances of them getting it went would would, would have been up uh dramatically compared to being on the the 6 yard line from where they were at. So that was huge. Uh, also the, a lot of people have been talking about that PI that wasn't called. Um, I don't, I, I'm not a huge fan of, of calling that. I think you kind of just let them play there. And even the, the head ref in New York or whoever it was, I forget his name, but, uh, he said there, there wasn't really enough to stop the game there, which is, which is fair. I think it would have been worse if they did stop it and, uh, award them that, that penalty because it essentially most likely would have won them the game. So um, I don't think there's too much to go off of that. And then obviously the biggest play of the game was that stop. I thought Hollister was going to get in there. He had all the momentum in the world and uh, an absolute brutal hit uh, from Greenlaw, who the unsung hero came into the day. Who uh, who was he filling in for? Was it Fred? For Quan Alexander. Uh, has he been playing? Yeah, he's been playing all year since Quan got hurt in like whatever it was, week eight. Oh, okay. I thought he just came for this game. But, um, yeah, he obviously made the biggest play of the game with that hit, uh, laid the wood, and really uh, sat him down. And it was so close, man. So close to getting in. Obviously, he didn't. And it was a scenario that the 49ers are familiar with against the Falcons where a similar play where they barely just got in on one of the last plays of the game uh, to cross the plane. And, obviously, it didn't, didn't happen that way this time around, and uh, they were able to get the win. So this was a super fun game to watch. 49ers lock up that one seed in the NFC, and uh, everyone's going to have to go through San Francisco. Yeah, and I just want to update the listeners on my whole physical fitness right now. I don't think that's the right word, but I'm going to use it Mm -hmm. anyway. Um, My back, since that game, has gotten back to pretty close to 100%. I'd say it's right around 99% right now. So I don't know if it was just a coincidence that my back got destroyed this weekend, but it would be a pretty strange coincidence. So I think Seattle has uh, really, I think they're extinct right now in my, in my head because I got on my plane last night to come back home from my vacation and Russell Wilson was nowhere to be found. There was no magazines he was not on the side of the plane, <laughs> and it really just felt like that I conquered my demons, Griffin, because this mm-hmm. win, it was so much bigger than just winning the division and being the one seed because the only guy that was on that team from the year that we lost to Seattle in the NFC Championship was Joe Staley, and he was crying when he ran off the field. So you could tell how big of a game this was for people like that and people within the organization who have been there for a long time. So I'm just really, really happy that we were able to pull this off. And whether it leads to a Super Bowl or not, and whether or not we have to play them again in two weeks, that remains to be seen. But this game was an incredible game, and I'm going to remember this game for a long time. Yeah, it was definitely fun to watch uh, from the outside looking in, and I'm sure it was stressful, but uh, also great for you. So let's head into our playoff preview. Uh, we're going to be talking about who we think is going to be coming out of the NFC and who's coming out of the AFC. And let's just start it off right now with the NFC, and let's talk about these wild card games. So we have the Vikings, six-seed Vikings at the three-seed Saints, and we have the five-seed Seahawks at the four-seed Eagles. So let's start it off, Vikings-Saints. Who do you think comes out of that? So if, when you look at this matchup, it's pretty interesting because the Vikings basically had a bye week last week because they knew they had nothing to play for. They arrested all their key guys. Dalvin Cook has now had a couple of weeks off, so he's going to be as close to 100% as physically possible. 
So you got to be feeling good if you're the Vikings right now because at least from a physical standpoint, you're the healthiest you've been in a long time. And then from the Saints standpoint, they're playing probably as good as anyone in the entire league since that 49ers game. Um, they've won three in a row, all of them by double digits. Two of them were in convincing fashion over the Colts and then over the Panthers. And then winning at Tennessee against a team that was pretty desperate to try to win the division and make the playoffs, like that's a pretty big win. Tennessee's been playing well. And I know they didn't have Derrick Henry, but that's still a pretty good win. So Drew Brees is playing about as well as you want him to play at this point in his career. He's had an incredible statistical season, even though he missed those six games or five games, whatever it ended up being. So I think that this game is a tough spot for the Vikings going on the road to New Orleans against a team that's, like I just said, is playing as good as anyone in the league. So I don't think that the Vikings have enough firepower to keep up with the Saints' offense in this game, especially considering how the Vikings' secondary has kind of struggled a little bit. Xavier Rhodes has not had a good season at all, and a lot of people are questioning whether or not they're going to even bring him back next year. So I think the Saints are going to be able to score a lot of points in this game, and it's going to come down to whether or not Kirk Cousins can score enough points to keep up. And because of that, I'm going to put my money that the Saints are going to be able to run away with this game, and I think they're going to win probably by double digits. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. Uh, I really like the Saints team, where they're at right now, and at the end of the day, it really comes down to can Kirk put up points, and uh, he's been good here and there this, this season. Uh, we, we all know how, kind of how he performs on uh, primetime games, but we'll see what happens here in New Orleans, but I just like the Saints team a lot, and I like their offense a lot, so... I don't think the Vikings are going to be able to keep up with them and all the firepower that they have. And uh, this is kind of a revenge game for them, too, uh, Minneapolis Miracle. So we'll see what happens there. But I also like the Saints by a decent margin. Yeah, and then the next matchup in the NFC, which might be the best game of the weekend, is your Eagles hosting the Seattle Seahawks. So... I don't know what to expect from this game. It's going to be a really weird game because it feels like both teams have dealt with a lot of injuries, especially the Eagles, losing another couple of guys this week with Brandon Brooks going down. So how do you feel about your Eagles? Do you think you guys are going to be able to pull this game off? Yeah, like you mentioned, it should be an interesting game. Uh, we had the benefit of being able to play Seattle earlier in the year where we lost that game 17-9. to And that was by far the worst performance from our offense all season. And that's where everyone was talking about how bad this offense is and uh, definitely Carson Wentz's worst game as well. So uh, I think that's more encouraging for me, knowing that we were able to keep this a one-score game uh, with the offense playing that bad. And the past month, they've been much better and really everyone's trying to gel because we finally have uh, some solidarity at that receiver spot and hopefully Zachers plays. I doubt he does, but um, that's going to hurt. Still, Dallas Goddard needs to step up, but still, uh, this offense and what they've done, what Doug has been able to do, as well as Mike Rowe, I've been cri critical of him earlier, but he's been uh, really good at that offensive coordinator position. So I, I think the Eagles can get this win in Philadelphia. I think that's what matters the most. They thrive being in these home underdog positions, and that's something that we saw uh, them thrive at when they won the Super Bowl in 2017, but they're two and a half favorite, or, uh, dogs right now, and I, I like that line, and I think that they can be able to uh, beat Seattle here, and it, it stems from this defense being able to keep them not putting up crazy numbers. They were able to do a good job last time they played, holding them to 17. If they can do that again, I can see the Eagles putting up 24 and getting the win there. Anything could happen, though. I don't, I don't really know what is going to happen because we've seen literally two different defenses, defenses that are really good, talking about the Eagles, uh, a really good defense and a horrible defense. And I've seen an offense that's been really good at times and really bad at times. So I'm hoping they can finally get some consistency heading into the playoffs because they've finally found it for the most part um, at this last stretch of the season. So uh, I'm hoping they can get this done. You know, they're comfortable in this position. And I think they have the talent to do it. It's just about if they can put it together at the right time. And 
Uh, we'll see what happens, but I think the Eagles have a good chance to beat Seattle here on Sunday. Yeah, this game's going to be really interesting because if you look at the last matchup between these two teams, it wasn't just the Eagles' offense that struggled. Seattle's offense struggled a lot as well because if you look at their two touchdowns, one of them was a 58-yard touchdown run by Rashad Penny, and the other one was a flea flicker yeah. touchdown. So it's not like Seattle was like methodically driving down the field like they were in the second half against the 49ers. And the Eagles really had three points. I know the final score said nine, but six of those points came on the very last drive of the game when the game was already decided. So, like mm-hmm. you said, no Zach Ertz probably because he might die if he plays and he gets hit the wrong way. So I don't think they should <laughs> let him play. Seriously. Yeah, they should not let him no. play. It would not be safe. But if he does play, that'd be pretty. It'd be pretty gritty on his part. But. Um, For the Eagles, I think that last time that these two teams met, Carson Wentz, like you said, had probably his worst game of the year. He had four turnovers. He really could have had five because he had three fumbles, but only two of them got recovered by the Seahawks. So he has to play better. And I think that this was one of those games where it was kind of a turning point for your guys' offense because I think Wentz is like, mentality as a quarterback because he has such a big arm and because he's so talented he wants to make the big plays but I think that he's learned over the last month or so of the season that with the current team he has with basically no receivers that have any experience or any ability to really push the ball down the field I think he's understood more that he needs to play this conservative game he needs to check the ball down a lot more he needs to give it to his receivers in the flats and just let them have the ball after the catch rather than trying to push the ball super deep down the field like he's used to. And that formula has worked a lot for you guys. And I think that this game's going to come down to a couple of things. One, how well does either defense adjust? Or, I mean, excuse me, how well does either offense adjust? Because both defenses, like I said, had a lot of success. So I think offenses are going to try to use what the defense used in the first matchup against each other. And then how well can Seattle run the ball? Because they had 174 yards rushing in the first matchup, which is not like the Eagles' defense. I feel like that's been one of your guys' strengths this year is rush defense. So if they're not able to run the ball as well as they did, because now they don't have Penny, he's out for the season. They don't have Carson, he's out for the season. So is Travis Homer and Marshawn Lynch going to be enough to keep balance? Because I think if you put... Russell Wilson in a position where he's going to have to throw the ball 35 to 40 times in this game, it's not going to bode well for a team that's on the road in a hostile environment environment against a pretty good pass rush. So I think that the, the Eagles' offense is going to be the story. I don't think you guys are going to be able to manufacture enough points with Miles Sanders not 100%, no Zach Ertz. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks in a really close game, but I'm pulling for you guys hard. <laughs> appreciate it and one of the big points you mentioned you know was that Russian attack last time they played um, Seattle had 175 yards on the ground against us which is uncharacteristic of this Eagles defense uh, and that stemmed from Rashad Penny and obviously he had that huge run but still he was uh, tearing us up so it should be something interesting to see it should be a fun game <laughs> hopefully hopefully um, but let's talk about the divisional games uh, first the 49ers so they would obviously be playing for us. It would it would be me, the Eagles. If if I had the Eagles winning, you had the Seahawks winning. So um, for you, you could talk about 49ers versus Seahawks in that round. But for me, I have the Eagles. But go ahead, talk about 49ers Seahawks. The rematch. I I I don't know if I can handle this rematch. I think that. <laughs> oh my god! I just don't even want to think about this game. I don't think the Seattle defense is good enough to stop the 49ers offense, so it's going to come down to whether or not Russell Wilson plays more like the second half in the game against the 49ers or the first half. I'm going to say it's more the first half because we're probably going to have D Ford back. We're going to have Joukowsky Tart back, who's missed the last month or so of the season, and we might even have Quan Alexander back. I don't know if you saw this, but we opened the practice window for him because he had the same injury as J.J. Watt, 
but four days later. So it's pretty possible that he plays in this game, and if he doesn't, he would be back for the NFC Championship game. So at the very least, he's going to provide an emotional boost because he's kind of the leader of our defense. So I'm really excited to see those three guys potentially back on the field. And if we get those three guys back, I don't think Seattle's going to be able to dominate us the way that they did in the second half. So I'm going to take the 49ers to win that game. And the field of jeans, that's what Rich Eisen called it this week because we're called Levi Stadium, and I love that nickname. So the field of jeans is going to show up big time in the first playoff (laughs) game uh, at the stadium. So 49ers win, and I think they're going to win by double digits. All right. I like that. Uh, So for me... It would be uh, 49ers versus Eagles. Um, this this would be an interesting game. It would be. Uh, <laughs> hopefully it happens, but uh, this matchup is, is, is interesting. I think you guys would obviously have the advantage being at home and being the better team, so it would be hard for the Eagles to come <laughs> uh, across the country and, and, and beat you guys uh, in California. So, you know, I'm just... I'm, I'm going to say you guys would have the edge, slightly. Um, you know, I feel like your strength is that running game, which hopefully we could shut down and put it on Jimmy to tear up our our cornerbacks. But I still think your defensive line would also be a huge issue for us uh, and that pressure because hopefully we, we could get Lane back by then. Who knows? But our right side of the line is weak. So uh, I think you guys would tee off there. And really dominate. So, uh, I really don't want to talk a lot about it, but I think you guys would beat us. I'm just going to say here. Well, I think that I'm rooting for that matchup to happen because I'd much rather not play Seattle for the third time. Um, and, yeah. and if the Eagles don't have Ertz or Deshaun back for that game, I just don't know how you're going to score enough points to beat us. I, that might come back to bite me, but I just yeah. don't see that happening. So let's move on to the next matchup. <laughs> Packers-Saints. And that's going to be one of the best games of the divisional round. It probably will be the marquee game. game. Um, it's pretty interesting because I feel like the Saints are the better team, but because of the way the tiebreakers worked out, the Saints would have to go on the road. So who do you think would win this game? Like I mentioned earlier, I like the Saints. I do. I'm a, I'm a fan of them. Uh, in this season, I think their offense is is really good. Uh, it's enough to to beat this Packers team and, and this Packers offense. Where I mean, we've kind of been saying all year the Packers aren't as good, but they still they're they're still a talented team. So it's not something to uh, write off by by any means. So I think I think the Saints would win this game. I think they have a better offense. And I know the Packers' defense has been playing pretty good, and their pass rush is pretty good. Zadarius Smith has been uh, great this year. And obviously they have young talent uh, all over the board, but I think Drew Brees, I think he gets the edge on this one. I think he outguns Aaron Rodgers, which is hard to say, but it's uh, it's a Drew Brees kind of year. And Michael Thomas obviously being the best wide receiver in the game right now, and it's hard to debate that. He's been fantastic. So... I'm giving the edge to this Saints offense over this Packers offense, and I think uh, the, they would put up more points and the Packers wouldn't be able to hang with them. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think that this game is going to be the ultimate test about how much does home field and that bye week really matter. Because like you said, I, I agree yeah. with you. The Saints are clearly the better team. They have the better offense. They have the better defense. And the Packers, all they really have going for them right now is that they have this bye and they have the home field, but they're not playing that well. Like, I know they've won, what is it, five in a row right now, but they barely beat David Blau and the Lions last week. That was a game (laughs) that they honestly... I mean, Blau Blau ain't it. Like, Blau's, like, congratulations, (laughs) you had a good couple weeks, but you can't beat the number two (laughs) seed. And I don't know. It's just a weird, it was a weird game. But the Packers were able to hold on. And I don't think that they're better than the Saints, but Rodgers is going to be the ultimate equalizer if he has a vintage Aaron Rodgers game, which we really haven't seen from him this year. He had the one game where he had the six touchdowns. But other than that, like, 
people call Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins and some of these other guys game managers, but their stats are on par, if not even a little bit better than Aaron Rodgers' stats this year. And I know stats aren't everything and Rodgers is playing to win the game, but like, it's not like Aaron Rodgers has had a great year and it's not like this offense has had a great year at all. They just have found ways to win, which is all the the NFL is, so good for them. They went 13-3, and but... I don't think that this team is very good, and I think that they're one of the weakest 13-3 and three teams we've ever seen. So I'm going to take the Saints, and I think they're going to win handedly. Mm. Mm. Respect. Yeah, it's no secret that Rodgers is having a down year, but we'll see what happens, and uh, we'll see if that matchup actually comes to fruition, but I'm hoping it does because it would be a good game. So the NFC Championship. So we both have the same NFC Championship. 49ers versus the Saints. So what's what's your call? Oh my god. This game. Woo! It was a great game the first time. It was in New Orleans and it was a crazy shootout that I didn't feel like either defense had an answer for the opposing offense. And if that happens again, I think that plays more into the Saints hands than it does the 49ers hands. But Having the Saints play three games in three weeks and two of them on the road against tough teams and then traveling across the country to the 49ers, it's going to be a tough thing for them to do to win this game. And when we talked about it earlier this year when I said that the Saints were probably the favorites in the NFC, I said that because I thought they were going to get home field. And I said that whoever got home field was going to be my pick in the NFC. And because the 49ers have home field, and they're forcing the Saints to travel across the country, not only have to, whoa, they're forcing the Saints to have to go on the road, not once, but twice, because the Packers got that bye. I think that's just going to be a little bit too much for the Saints to do. So I'm going to take the 49ers, because I think their defense is going to be able to adjust a little bit better than the first time, and I think their offense is going to be able to have not as much success, but they're going to be able to score enough points to put them in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think this would be a great game, and I think it could go either way. I am leaning towards the Saints, but being, having it in San Francisco obviously is huge, and uh, those three games would matter a lot. But I, I just don't know. The The Saints have been playing great football, Uh just looking at their, their points scored over the past couple of weeks, they scored 42 against the Panthers, 38 against the Titans, 34 against the Colts, 46 against you, 26 against the Falcons, 34 against the Panthers again, 34 against the Bucks. They put up points. They put up a lot of points. And we've seen your offense be able to do that, uh, and we saw it you know, firsthand when they played together and they, the 49ers were able to put up 48. Um, I don't know if that's repeatable by either side. But I think the Saints have more ability to put up higher numbers. And that's what what could do it. I think this would be a high-scoring game as well. Uh, I think definitely in the, in the 30s for sure. And I think, like you mentioned, the Saints do have the advantage if it ends up being a shootout. And I think that's what it, it, it might come down to. So I think the Saints are going to win this one in a high-scoring game again. Um, 30-something to 30-something close, but I think, you know, Drew Brees and, and that offense is going to get the the uh, edge on you guys in, in, in San Francisco. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really close game as well. It'll probably come down to a late field goal, and I think if the Saints would have gotten the bye, I would have also picked them, but I just think it's tough to play in Green Bay and then travel across the country and play in San Francisco, so mm-hmm. we'll see how much that matters, but I do think that the bye week matters because over the last six years, there hasn't been a team that played on wild card weekend to even make the Super Bowl. So we'll see if the Saints can end mm-hmm. that streak, but I'm going to go with the 49ers in that one. So let's move on to the AFC side of the bracket. Um, the wild card changed a lot on Sunday with the Patriots losing at home to the Dolphins. It gave the Chiefs the number two seed, and it forced the Patriots to play in the wild card week for the first time since 2009. Like, that's insane. It's been 10 years since they've played in the yeah, wild card rounds. So, Patriots host the Tennessee Titans 
Who wins? Guess who's back? Back again. Tannehill's back. <laughs> They're not going to lose to Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, it's still in Foxborough. I don't care if they, they lost the last game to uh, the Dolphins. I don't. I don't think it means that much. And, if anything, I think it helps out all the Patriots betters because I think Tom Brady and this offense are going to get it done like they have for the past 20 years, whatever it may be. They get it done, and this is where it matters most. And I think this is going to be an easy game for them against uh, an inexperienced Titans team, inexperienced Titans coach, inexperienced Titans quarterback. Their best wide receiver is a rookie. They don't have the talent enough to hang with the Patriots and this defense. And I know a lot of people are concerned about this offense, but um, I think that they'll be fine. I think they will be all right when it's you know time time to play. And uh, they had a good game against the Bills two weeks ago, which was obviously a playoff team, and then they came short against, against the Dolphins. But um, I have a lot of confidence in this Patriots team to continue to do what they have done for the past decade, and that's win football games. And I think this wild card game is no different. Even if they don't have a bye, it doesn't matter. They're still a much more talented team, and they can get it done. Yeah, and shout-out to Griffin's dad, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He had another great game for the Dolphins. Good for him. Um, he, he's just had an incredible career. I'm really excited. I think year? he's going to get another shot with them. Uh, did the Dolphins have? I think the Dolphins had five wins. He got five wins. So I mean, for right, good for you, Ryan. Yeah, for a team Is that that might for be a team that high was for him. expected to go. I mean, for a team that was going to go in <laughs> sixteen, that's pretty good. <laughs> no, it uh, is good. And one of those wins came against the Eagles. So, GGS. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hope they play again next year. He goes to a team that plays the Eagles. Could make it three years in a row. But uh, as for this game, I completely agree with you. The Patriots are going to win this game. It feels a lot like last year when they played the Chargers, and everyone yeah. was like, oh, yeah. this is the time where the 100%. Patriots are going to flop. This is the time that someone's going to go in there and beat them because they haven't had as good of a year. And I don't think the Patriots are as good as last year, but I don't think the Titans are nearly as good as the Chargers were. So I think the Patriots are going to win, and I actually think they're probably going to... I don't think they're going to blow them out because this offense isn't that good, but I think they're going to probably win like a 24-14 to game where they really have control of it throughout the game. And this defense is going to bounce back after letting Fitzpatrick drive 75 yards to win the game in the last <laughs> couple minutes last week. So... Uh, Patriots win, they move on. Uh, next game, Bills at Texans. Who wins? I like the Texans here. And y- you know I've, I've been a vocal critic of these Buffalo Bills this entire season, and that doesn't change. Uh, I'm still, I don't think they're a good enough team to be able to compete in this playoffs. And I like the Texans. I like their overall team. Uh, I know that they, uh, they got beat bad last week but it, it it didn't matter so uh i've seen some people talk there but and they barely beat the bucks but they're still a talented football team uh i don't care what people say i hate bill o'brien i've said that for the past whatever however many years i think he's a horrible coach but still i think they have enough talent to uh get past that and obviously it'll be an emotional game because jj watt's coming back so um he's obviously going to have a, a heavy hand and he's been great this year uh, if you look at the numbers, before he was injured, he was uh, one of the best in the NFL uh, in pressure rate, sacks, whatever it may be. Uh, he was having a great year. So I think that's going to help them a lot with the pass rush that needs some help. And then Deshaun Watson needs to show the ability that he has to to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and find his really talented receivers. So I think this shouldn't be a tough game. I know they have a good – or sorry, the Bills have a good defense – but I think the Texans can do enough at home in Houston in an emotional game to uh, beat this 5C Bills and uh, advance to the next round. So this is our first disagree. Oh, no, I guess it's not. But no. I disagree with you on this game. <laughs> Will you Fair disagree enough. on both five versus four games? I said Seattle, yeah, you said Eagles. I'm saying Bills win this game. Um, I think the Bills are just a better team. Because Ooh, when you look at their defense, they are really good. And Tredavious White is one of the top 
three corners, maybe top five if you want to say it conservatively, but he's really, really good. And being able to put him on DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a huge boost for the Bills because I think that that's going to at least be able to slow Hopkins down. And Will Fuller has not been healthy all year long, so I don't really expect him to be able, even if he plays in this game, I don't expect him to make it through the game because it's really become one of those things where he's hurt every single week. So I don't think that he's going to have a huge impact on this game. And if the Bills are just able to slow down the rushing game, it's going to become a scenario where Watson's kind of running for his life back there, trying to make something happen. And I'm just going to bet on the Bills being able to make one more play in a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be like a 20-17. to 17. Bills make a field goal at the last couple minutes and then like intercept Watson on like a game-winning drive, something like that. It's going to be a really close game, fun to watch. And I think that Josh Allen's legs is going to be the X factor and why they end up winning this game. Interesting. So is he rushing for 100 yards? I wouldn't say 100 because that's a lot. I would say like 50 yards rushing and he has like a rushing touchdown that gets the whole team amped up. (laughs) All right, fair enough. Well, uh, if he wins, he'd be going up against the number one rushing quarterback in the NFL, Lamar Jackson and those high-flying Ravens. Um, So, yeah, you have the Bills there. I have the Texans. But who do you think wins the matchup, Ravens versus Bills? Well, the Ravens have beaten both of those teams already. They destroyed the Texans. And then they lost – the Bills lost a close game to the Ravens where it came down to the last drive. And Mm – I think the Bills are going to be able to keep this closer than people think. Like, I think a lot of people are going to think the Ravens would just blow them out. I, I really like the Bills' defense. Like, I don't know what their offense is going to be able to do in this game, but I think the Bills' defense will, at the very least, keep Lamar under 30 points. And if they keep them under 30 points, I think the offense will probably get to 17 at the very least. So I'm going to say 27 to 17, the Ravens move on. But it's not going to be a blowout. Yeah, I think the Ravens are going to have a good game. I agree with you. I don't think they're going to kill anyone, um, especially a good defense like this. I think they'll keep them in check, and obviously it depends on their game plan with Lamar. Well, you got them playing the Texans. Oh, fuck. I forgot. <laughs> Yo, okay. <laughs> so this changes everything. Ravens are going to win by a lot. Um, <laughs> I think... <laughs> Um, no, just kidding. I think this will be a good game. I think the Ravens obviously win this. I think they're the more talented team, and uh, overall, I just don't think the Texans are going to be able to hang with them. I think the Bills would be a better matchup for them, to be honest, but uh, I don't think that they're going to be able to stop this run game that the Ravens have been able to cultivate over this entire season and uh, coming in from last year, too, where they were the best in the league. So a lot of talent that they have. And obviously being their first playoff game and then uh, at home in Baltimore, it's just too much for the Texans to handle. So I think they're going to lose this game uh, in Baltimore and uh, the Ravens are going to advance. All right, next up, Chiefs-Patriots. A rematch of last year's Uh, AFC Championship game, which shocked both of us with the Patriots going in there and winning. So can they do it again? Can they shock the world? I think... The Chiefs are going to win this game. Um, obviously, we know what the Chiefs have on offense. That's never been in question. But the main question is that defense. Can that defense hold people to under what, however many points you need? And if you look at the past couple of weeks, I'm ignoring week 17, but Chiefs-Bears, Chiefs-Broncos, Chiefs-Patriots, they held the Bears to three points. They held the Broncos to three points. And I don't care that they're bad teams. You hold anyone in the NFL to three points, that's a good defensive performance. It doesn't matter who you're going up against. And then to hold the Patriots under 16 and win that game is impressive too. And then they beat the Raiders 40-9. to That was also a great game. <laughs> uh, insane. But they were able to do that, holding them nine points. So they've really looked like a different defense, to be honest, uh, the past couple weeks of the season. And it's encouraging going into the playoffs because that's exactly what they need to do to be able to win games. And if they can do that against this Patriots team that they beat earlier in the season, 
and obviously put up big numbers. Uh, last playoffs where it was a shootout, where I don't think the Patriots could do that again. Um, I think the Chiefs have this game. I think they have it on lock. Uh, we know what Bill Belichick did last year. He uh, had a great scheme against Mahomes, but still, at the end of the day, um, it's hard to stop that entire offense with the speed that they have, and I think that'll be on display in this game if it happens. Um, and I think the Chiefs actually come out on top, and they uh, finally end the Patriots, and they might just end the dynasty altogether because who knows what happens after this year with the Patriots. But I think the Chiefs, as long as their defense can continue to be playing on a, a good level, as long as it's not horrible, I think that they have a chance to be not only Patriots, but anyone. Yeah, the Chiefs' defense has improved a lot this year. After like a really slow start where you and I both criticized them a lot because it felt like they got dramatically worse on defense for a couple of weeks yeah. there. But now they've really improved, like you said, and they've improved on DVOA, which is like one of the stats that I like looking at yeah. more than anything else because it shows like their their value basically quantified against uh, uh, average. And they're above average in DVOA now as a defense, which is far from where they were last year. They're up to 14th, which is ahead of a couple of teams that we think have good defenses, like the Packers, they're 15, the Titans, they're 16, and I think we think just off the top of our heads that both of those teams have better defenses than the Chiefs, but that's actually not the case this year. So I think the Chiefs are going to win this game as well, but... I'm ready to say it, Griffin. I I think that the Patriots, I don't know, they might win this game, but I'm ready to say I guarantee they're not making the Super Bowl this year because they're not going to win two road playoff games against two teams that they already lost to this year. And if they do it, I'll buy a Tom Brady jersey and I'll give it away on this podcast. (laughs) All right. A real giveaway. Yeah. Something we haven't seen uh, often. Um, but yeah, it's looking like it's tough. And who knows, maybe if the Patriots were able to beat the Dolphins, it's a different story and we have a different opinion. But it is hard for them to do what they're going to do. And we both have them losing, uh, which is something we haven't said it often these past 10 years. Um, so going into the AFC Championship, we both have Ravens Chiefs. So we have the same uh, NFC Championship and same AFC Championship. So who do you think advances to the Super Bowl? And I don't think that's a hot take. I think both of the championship (laughs) games we predicted is kind of like the norm. Um, I don't think a lot of people believe in that Packers team, and I'm really excited to see how they come out after that bye week. But if we get Saints 49ers and Chiefs Ravens as the AFC NFC Championship games, That's going to be an incredible weekend to watch football, and I'm really excited to see that happen because I do think that's what's going to end up happening. But the Chiefs have had the Ravens and Lamar's number the last two years. They beat them both times that they matched up. And I think that this game's going to be a slightly different story because it's not in Arrowhead, because the Chiefs have to go to Baltimore to win this game. I think that's going to be the biggest difference maker because one of the big benefits for this Ravens team is how well they've played at home. And I think that with Lamar being able to run the ball, I I don't think the Chiefs defense, no matter how much they've improved, is going to be able to slow down the Ravens offense. So it's going to come down to whether or not Mahomes can beat the Ravens' strength, which is their secondary. And I don't think he's going to be able to score enough points to win this game. But this might end up being one of those matchups that we see year in and year out in the playoffs with Lamar and the Ravens going against Chiefs and Mahomes. And if that's the case, and this is round one in the playoffs, I think Lamar's going to get the edge to start it off. But I do expect Mahomes in the long run to have a better career. Yeah, this is this is tough. I'm, I, I don't know. The Ravens obviously... Overall, I think they're the best team uh, in the AFC. They, the, the best defense and the offense is, is, is high-flying. 
So it is hard for me to pick the Chiefs, especially going to Baltimore, but I really want to. I, I trust this team, and, you know, Lamar's never been in this position before. They have some young guys that's never really been there, um, and that they have to be able to step up and, and provide that, that kind of boost that they need for that offense and that entire team. The Chiefs, they were able to beat the Ravens earlier in the year, 33-28. It was week three, uh, I believe, and it was in Arrowhead. But the, the Ravens gave them a good fight. So this is hard for me to pick. Uh, I think it could go either way. But I'm, you know, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think they're going to be rolling high after beating the Patriots. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be playing his best football. And this offense filled out with Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, and everyone they got, the speedsters, uh, is going to be enough. And I think that defense that's been playing good football these, these past month and a half, whatever it may be, I think it's going to be able to do enough to slow this offense down and uh, really stop Lamar from tearing them up through the air as well as through the ground and take away the playmakers that they have on that offensive side of the ball. And it really starts with those tight ends uh, that they have and, and slow that down. But the running game is what's going to kill them. With uh, Mark Ingram as, obviously, Lamar is their best rusher, you could say. So it's something they have to game plan for, and that's what it really comes down to. But I trust this uh, Chiefs offense more than I trust the Ravens offense, and I think that's what's going to do it, and they're going to be able to put up a lot of points and win this game. Yeah, and the one thing I would say about the Ravens in any game, um, but specifically this game, if they get down double digits, I don't know what that team looks like because mm, they don't have a sure. ton of receivers and weapons to be able to just throw the ball around. They're kind of built yeah. to run the ball and have the lead because they blitz a lot. They blitz the most of anyone in the league, and their secondary relies on a lot of man-to-man coverage. So I think that if this team got down 10 nothing, like 14-3 to to the Chiefs, I would want to see how they would be able to come back in that type of game. But I don't think that's going to end up happening. I think they're probably going to get out to an early lead against the Bills, and I think they will probably do it again against the Chiefs. So it probably won't come back to bite them in the AFC round, but in the Super Bowl, that might be a different story. Right, yeah, and that is important for the Ravens to kind of start hot and stay hot. So... Uh, we'll see what they do. So for the Super Bowl, we have a different Super Bowl. I have Chiefs versus Saints, and obviously you have uh, Ravens versus 49ers. So we have, we don't have a single team that's the same. So that's interesting. Uh, but what's your Super Bowl prediction? Yeah, well, you have the Chiefs-Saints, which is kind of the Super Bowl we were robbed of last year with that pass interference <laughs> and then the Patriots having that huge upset in Kansas City. So it'd be a really fun matchup to see those two guys, Breeze and Mahomes, go at it. But my matchup's pretty good, too. Ravens 49ers might have been the game of the year. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if you saw this, Griffin. The NFL Network did, like, a top five games of the year. And do you want to take mm-hmm. a guess of how many games the Niners had in the top five? Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say you should have three. We had four. Really? Wait, what was the what? What were they? Do you remember? Yeah, it was both Seattle games because right. one of them was OT and then one of them was the last play of the game. The right. Ravens game, the which game. came down to the field oh, goal, the and then gotcha, the Saints gotcha, game. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, damn. So I, I mean, mean it's crazy well the Forty Nineers have been in all those games. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but it's it's just crazy great. that they've had that many games. But yeah. if you look at the last matchup between these two teams. It was really bad weather. I was at the game with uh, Matt King, shout out. And uh, I think that that kind of weather and the way that game went played into the Ravens' hand a lot more than it played into the 49ers' hand because the 49ers' rush offense, while they still rank number two in rushing yards per game, over the last half of the season they've really struggled and their DVOA as a rushing team is all the way down to 13th. So they're not like an elite rushing team anymore. I think that a lot of that had to do with some of the injuries. They didn't have Kittle. They didn't have Juice. They were down some offensive linemen. But I don't think that this team is built as much to just run the ball as the Ravens are because of Lamar Jackson. So I think that that game played more into the Ravens' hand. 
And in the Super Bowl, where it's in Miami, and it's most likely going to have good weather, I think the 49ers are going to be able to air it out more and really spread out that offense. And I think that this is the game where the Ravens finally get down. And I don't know if they can come back. That's going to be the biggest question for me. If the 49ers get a lead, can the Ravens come back and win? And I think that these teams are so evenly matched that just the couple of 49ers players coming back with Quan Alexander potentially healthy, because if he's healthy, that's someone we didn't have in that first matchup. And being able to play three linebackers with Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, and Quan Alexander, who can all cover because the Ravens use a lot of tight ends, and then obviously they run the ball so much, having three linebackers to play the run and the pass, I think that could be the difference in the game. So I don't like picking my team to do well, because I kind of like the reverse jinx method that Skip Bayless employs when it comes to the Cowboys when he's tweeting and stuff like that. But I really do feel like this season for the Niners sets up really, really well for them because the Saints didn't get the bye and because they're able to have home field and get some guys back, that they have a really good opportunity to win the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go ahead and pick them. I think it's going to be an incredibly close game, but I think the difference in the game is going to be the 49ers' defense finally being healthy for the first time really in a long time. Interesting, yeah. So that would be a great matchup and a matchup that we've seen before uh, years back and – didn't turn out the the way you wanted. I don't want to talk about uh, against, it. <laughs> against the Ravens. Um, but for me, having Chiefs versus the Saints, another great game, uh, a different kind of game that would have that would be Ravens versus 49ers. This game would uh, be a little bit more high scoring uh, and a different kind of a game plan. I'm going to take the Saints. I think they'd be able to beat the Chiefs, and I just think they have a better team. Uh, offense is, is right there, and then their their defense would be better than the Chiefs, depending on how they're playing. But I just think it's it's time. It's Drew Brees. He's going to get another ring before he retires, and his name is going to be brought up more and more into uh, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. We've talked about this before. So, But go ahead. Well, Griffin, I, I got a question for you. Are you like a, like a closet Drew Brees lover? Is that like what's happening? I don't know what you're saying. Because I'm, I'm just trying to give my opinion. <laughs> well, last year you were pushing the MVP case when he had no business being in it. And then a couple weeks ago you're like kind of pushing for him a little bit, not, not all the way as a top five guy. And then now you're saying he's winning the Super Bowl. Like what's going on here? Is there, do you, do you have something to tell us or, or is, are the Eagles Who dat? Like your side bitch? Like what's going on? <laughs> Who that? No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I just think I like their team. They have a good team and I'm a fan of Drew Brees. I think he's a great person and a great player. Um, and I think that this is the year where kind of everything makes sense for them. And obviously the way that everyone's playing, Michael Thomas is having a career year. Uh, that defense is playing great. Everyone's doing good for them. So I think, obviously, Drew Brees, who's having a good year as well, uh, breaking records left and right, I think it'll top it off with a Super Bowl ring on his finger at the end of the year. And I think going up against the Chiefs, they're matched up well. I think if maybe this was against the Ravens, it might be a different story. Who knows? But I think the Saints are able to beat the Chiefs here in Miami to win the Super Bowl, and Drew gets his second. Yeah, I mean... I think if they played the Chiefs, I would also pick them, but we'll see what happens, how much that buy matters. I think it matters more than people are giving it credit for, but we'll see what happens. Should be a really exciting playoffs. Just like we said last year, it was wide open, and I think this year is pretty wide open as well. But, I mean, it's going to be a really fun playoffs like it always is. So let's move on to the bets. Uh, Weekly disclaimer, it's not real money. And uh, I'll just give a quick recap here because we are kind of running long. Griffin won money last week. He was up $23. He won the Titans, won the Raiders on a backdoor cover, lost the Bills because they rested everyone. And then I won my one bet of the 49ers money line, so I was up $58. So I ended up winning the week. But I went ahead and threw the season-long bets in here, Griffin. So um, I gave you a week for a win because I figured that's just how we were going to do it. So even though we – 
we should be tied because I won last week. Griffin is actually up 9-8 to eight heading into the postseason because he was up 51 on his season loans. He won the Eagles to win the division 50 for 50. He lost the Falcons over 9 and he won the Colts over 6.5. I also went 2-1 and one on my season loans. I was up $17. Lost the Saints under 10.5. I won the Eagles to win the division as well. And then I had the Bears to miss the playoffs, which worked out for me. So, should be another close finish, just like last year. It came down to the Super Bowl tiebreaker to mm-hmm. win our series. So, hopefully it has another curtain finish here. So, Griffin, because you're leading in the series, I'll let you go first for this week's bets. So, for this week, obviously, uh, there's not the plethora and uh, for the first time in like three weeks, I don't hate these lines. Uh, so I wow. have three lines. Yeah, I know, right? Big, big, big plays here. I have three lines that I like going into it. First off, uh, I'm going to go with the Texans. We talked about this game in Houston. I said they're going to win. I think three is a good number, um, to put it on. I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to put 20 on it, um, I feel like it could go the other way, but I still I'm gonna ride the Texans, uh, so I'm putting twenty for twenty one on that. Next up, the Patriots. I like this a lot. I'm putting forty on this for thirty five. They're minus four and a half. Uh, uh, we talked about this game already. I think it's it's gonna be an easy game for the Patriots, and um, they should dominate here against the Titans. Last game, I'm gonna bet the Eagles. Plus two and a half. I'm actually, you know, I'm going to buy a half point. Plus three. Uh, hopefully that might be enough to uh, keep me in it just in case they lose. Or just in case they uh, uh, push that bet. So it's going to be 30 for 20, or sorry, 40 for 29 on that. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to be able to keep it close for sure. And we all know Seattle has been in a lot of close games. Uh so that's no secret at all in Philadelphia. I like the Eagles' chance to win outright, but I'm just going to lay the line just in case it's a field goal finish for Seattle or uh, something else like that. So overall, I got those three bets. I'm putting 100 bucks for 85 So we have the exact same three games, but I have two different Damn. sides. Oh, Oh, okay, that's good. I agree with you on the Patriots. I love them. I think that Minus four and a half is a really low line considering if they probably won last week and they ended up playing the Titans, what would it have been? Like a six and a half point line. So I think this is pretty good value for the Patriots in this spot. And I think they're going to be able to cover this fairly easily. So I also have 40 for 35 on that one. My next bet, I'm taking the Seahawks. And it's kind of one of those things where I'm betting them and hoping they lose. And if they win, I, I win the week. So... It's one of those kind of things. I have 40 for 36 on them, minus 2.5. And And then I have the Bills' money line. I think that they're going to win this game like I talked about. I think they're the better team. So I put 20 for 24 on them actually winning outright. So my total is a lot for something. So I don't know that number, but those are my bets, and I feel pretty good about them. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, I'm excited, and, you know, Getting down to it, there's less games to bet, so there's going to be less opportunity to uh, differentiate our bets from each other. So it's coming down to it. I think if I win this week, it's it's going to be hard for you to come back. So uh, this this might be a must-win week for you. And are you are you calling your shot? Is it over? <laughs> I'm not calling my shot just yet, but I'm saying if you lose this week, it might be a wrap. Who knows? And I might take the series stand and lead. Right now we're tied one and one. Uh, and obviously this would be a big one to give the other person the edge. So we'll see what happens. And make sure you tune in on No Degree Necessary to find out yourself. Uh, we'll be back here Thursday uh, talking more NFL. And if you're an NBA fan, we're coming up on NBA too. There's a lot of stuff we need to talk about NBA. And we're excited to get into it. We have a lot of ideas and a lot of content. So make sure you tune in. Thanks for listening. Appreciate every one of you. And we'll see you next week on No Degree Necessary. And have a good day.